1: jesus said if you hold to my teachings you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free what would you expect from a book that claims to be the word of god well it would need to offer a satisfactory explanation to the whole of life's situation it would need to explain the beginning and source of all things the reason for suffering the purpose of life the way of salvation what happens after death and so on. And that's what the Bible offers. It's not a textbook on theology so that we can discuss and argue about dry, dusty, irrelevant doctrines. It tells us about our origins, the intricacies of how we were put together, how this world went so wrong and how we can get connected again to God and experience His life. It tells us how we can have a relationship with God. That's what's so special and unique about the Bible. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: And we're tackling a big question this week. Is the Bible the Word of God? And it is a big one from the perspective that it can't be answered in just one sentence. There's far more than just one aspect. Now, so far we've considered what Ken has called the inherent claim of the Bible. It doesn't claim to be anything other than the Word of God. And also, time after time, we see that inherent witness giving evidence to itself. And then we've seen that archaeology doesn't contradict the Bible, as some claim. In fact, it's confirmed it over and over again. Now, Ken, what else can we say in in response
1: to this question? Is the Bible the Word of God? Well, the other thing that we love to talk about, uh, Phil, is the harmony of the Scriptures. You know, the Bible consists of 66 books that were written over a period of 1,600 years or so by more than 40 different writers. Now, these writers came from different walks of life with vast differences in things like background, education, uh, vocabulary, occupations. You know, some of them were herdsmen, uh, some were sages and kings, uh, some were peasants. And then, of course, the disciples were fishermen or tax collectors. There were doctors, priests, and on and on. You know, it's just an incredible harmony. And, of course, they wrote in many different locations. Moses wrote from the Sinai Desert. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. Paul dictated some of his letters from prison and others on his travels around the countries that he took the gospel to. David sang his songs and penned them on the hillsides of uh, Judea. John wrote from exile on the island of Patmos. Daniel saw visions in the time that he was captive in Babylon. Isaiah prophesied from Jerusalem. And so all over the world they, they wrote from many different countries, in fact, three different continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. And yet, there's an incredible unity. It's one book with no contradictions. It has one consistent theme Jesus Christ. Uh, Somebody put it this way The new is in the old concealed. The old is by the new revealed. Or the new is in the old contained and the old is by the new explained. Now, those people that wrote the Word of God didn't really understand the significance of what we're saying here. They were just faithful in recording what God had told them to say. And you know? that really is the demonstration that the author really was God himself
0: because all of these guys over 1,600 years, and it's not like today where they could you know, communicate with each other very easily, pick up the telephone or, or whatever, even yeah. if they were living at the same time. But over 1,600 years, 40 different authors in yeah. so many different places it just fits together so perfectly it has to be God. Yeah. We started out by asking that question, what would you expect from a book that claims to be the word of God? Now, what would God actually want us to know in this book? What's he trying to say?
1: Well, let us ask this question, does the Bible answer the big questions of life? You know, is it relevant to my life on planet Earth in the 21st century? Does it speak to me? Can it help me? How can it help me? Uh, I think personally it's sad when the Bible is used to start arguments about doctrine. And, uh, and of course, some seem to have the idea that uh, it's great for doing theological gymnastics, (laughs) you know, arguing about things that really don't matter to the real world and uh, the real life that we live, you know. And at times, of course, it's used even to bring division amongst Christians and in churches. Now, that's not what it was for. So what was it written for? What's its message? And the answer is that it is God's message of love to mankind—it's a—it's a revelation of God Himself to us. Mm, I've heard it called God's love letter,
0: yeah. uh, to mankind. I guess this is really what you're referring to when you say the inherent witness of the Bible. It, you know, it's like as if it doesn't need us to defend it; it speaks very much for itself. You know,
1: it's self-evident. That's right. Paul said this. He said, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel." Because it is the power of God mm, unto salvation. Unto salvation. Yeah. So, so hearing a message is powerful. Yeah. It has power. So the question that was asked actually when uh, you know, there were a lot of heresies um, beginning to arise in the New Testament church and, and the centuries that followed that and a lot of, of course, you know, forced documents circulating mm. um, and deceiving people. So they had to come together and say, well, let's officially say what books are we recognizing as being the Word of God? And, and so they had a criteria, you know, it had to be written by the apostles and so on so so forth. But one of the questions that was asked is, does this book come with the power of God? In other words, after listening to it and believing in it and obeying its message, is there any change in my life? Has it impacted my life? Because if there was no impact then obviously God wasn't behind it, you know. I mean, anybody can read a book, um, you know, that we we just get a bit of a kick out of or a little bit of a thrill. Out of. But what change does it bring to our lives? That's an important question. Of course, today, um, forget all the ages that have gone before before us. You know, the centuries that have gone before us. Today, countless millions of lives have been transformed. By the word of God, and many people would give testimony to that. Yeah, the Bible calls itself living and active, doesn't it? Yeah, there's that verse in, um, is it Hebrews chapter four, I believe, verse twelve. It says the word of God is living. Now, what does that mean? Actually, it means it's life giving. That's mm-hmm. the that's the real meaning. That it gives life. Um, Peter said this, you know, that when we heard the word of God, it was like receiving the seed. We were born again, not of corruptible seed. But of the incorruptible by the word of God, it's like a, a seed was planted in our hearts, and the Holy Spirit, you know, breathed upon that, watered it, if you like, it germinated, mm. and we've got new life that's come out of hearing that word. Another thing it says is that it's not only living, but it's powerful. It's um, it's power generating. That's what that word means. It it actually imparts power to our lives. Now Jesus said, um, uh, you, know, you know, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, in my own life, you know, I know there have been many times when my life has been bound up and uh, I've not been able to go forward, you know, and then I've discovered the truth of what God is saying in his word and all of a sudden it's like the chains are broken, the prison door is open and I'm yes. free. This word has done something for me. It's, it's set me free. Uh, somebody said it's, it's a fire to burn up dross. It's a hammer to break the stony heart. It's water to cleanse and milk to nourish. It's bread to feed and meat to strengthen. It's a lamp to guide and a sword to defeat the enemy. It's a mirror to reveal and honey to inspire. Oh, like that. Yeah, it's a land of promises. And, uh, you know, as we read it, we, we think of the words that um, God said to Joshua, every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, I've given it to you. Mm. There's an inheritance there. In that book for you, and you walk through this land, and you claim your inheritance. And the thing is, the more you read
0: the Word of God, the more these things are, are become alive to you and become revealed to you, because your life is actually transformed. Yeah, that's you know, living; it's powerful. Uh, it's a few other things
1: too, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. You know, he it says it, it's piercing. <laughs> it's piercing. It's able to separate soul from spirit. Now, what I understand that to to mean is uh, it's able to separate what really are the thoughts of man and, and what, what is of God. Mm. It's able to decide, you know, a divide rather between those two things. But also, it's discerning. <laughs> it's the only book. Which you read and you think you're reading it But actually it's reading you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, And you think, hello, somebody's reading me right now He knows all about me And uh, is able to sift and analyse uh, what's in my heart but, but Phil, having said all that We've got to say this That, that the purpose of the Word of God Is to bring us to Jesus yes. That we might find everything we need in Him Our salvation, our cleansing, our sanctification Our sustenance And everything we need in this life Is found by feeding on the Word of God
0: a critical question this week Is the Bible the Word of God? And we'll have more for you tomorrow Until then remember you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Lake and details about Ken's ministry visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au That's vision.org.au